Welcome tonight. Thank y'all for coming out in the rain. And for those of you who are mothers, happy Mother's Day. Um, and for any of you who are first-time guests, I'm Kim Neesmith, Pastor Clay's wife and Cole's mom. And this is Lisa Moss. <laughs> if you don't know her, anybody know Lisa? All right. Lisa has been in the house, in this house, in our church for the past seven years. And... Um, I've just been working with her for a long time. She used to be working on the staff. Me. Yeah. She is a major, she's made major progress. Let's just say that and be nice. <laughs> no. But um, anyway, she is an amazing, amazing friend of mine, very dear to my heart. Thank you. We ain't starting like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so thankful. Lisa is with us. She's part of our women's ministry, our threaded women's ministry. Again, she used to be on staff here, but she had a baby and now she is just an integral piece of what God wants to do in this house through serving her Lord and Savior. So thank you so much, Lisa, for joining me tonight. I'm not sure how. I don't know how you got into this. She drugged me. (laughs) Drugged me up here, kicking the screen. Anyway, well, we're thankful that you're here and happy, happy Mother's Day to those of you who are mothers. And tonight, what we want to talk about is we want to talk about how significant you are. And I don't know if you've never heard those words from somebody, but I'm sure there's at least one person in here who's never heard that, who's never heard that they are significant. So y'all, men, tune in. This is not your average Mother's Day message per se. Tonight, we're talking about how everyone is significant. And then within the context of the church, you are in in, in the house, in significance to what God wants to do in and through your life. In Genesis chapter one, it talks about how God created the heavens and the earth. You know, he created the stars and what it, what it says is says that he spoke those things into existence. And I don't know if you've ever heard or noticed this in the Bible, but when he got to man, when he got to forming us, the Bible says that he formed us. That means that he touched us. He formed us with his hands. And that makes us some of the most special things on the earth. And that is what began our significance in this world. And we are, he died for us. Jesus came and he died for us because we are that significant to what he wants to do in us and what he wants to do through us in this world. And so ever since then, ever since Jesus touched us ever since he formed us with his hands, we have been trying to find what our significance is. And if you are a Christ follower, hopefully you have found that within the context of your life. You know the significant piece and the part that you play in the context of your life in general, and then how that connects to the house in significance in the house of God. So hopefully um, you have figured that out. If you have not trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior before, then there's a piece. There's a piece of you that's missing that he created you to have. There's a piece of him, his Holy Spirit, that he created for you. And it won't be until you'll be searching day and night, in and out, your whole life, until you come to the realization that you will not find your true significance until you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And then his Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and then you are able, he gives you a gift that you are to use in and through this world, and then in that is where your significance and where your true happiness and joy of life 
come from when that happens. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, you might have walked in here tonight feeling significant or maybe insignificant. And you are. You're both significant and beautifully insignificant on your own. And we'll come back to that later. But like Kim said, when you're standing in the house of God, you are standing in significance. You're here tonight. That's great. You're in the church. You're part of this. And when God began to lay this on my heart, this is what popped into my brain, my ADD brain of what God was saying to me is this logo on the back screen here. Because I was in a place of feeling insignificant. I was um, like trying to figure out my spot here. I'm like, I'm a stay-at-home mom now. Like Kim kind of mentioned a little bit of my history. And I was in a place of feeling insignificant. And God began to say over my life, you are not a person of insignificance. Right where I've got you in that isolated house right there, in the house of God, right where I've got you, you're standing in significance, which just means you're standing in importance and standing in meaning. So you are significant. And this Mother's Day, um, you might be fully aware of where your earthly family lacks, maybe physically or maybe emotionally. But we want to tell you that, first of all, we've been praying God's grace and restoration and peace over your life as we prepare for this weekend. And we also want to tell you that regardless of your earthly family, whether good or bad, that you belong. You belong to this family, to this house of God. And we're so honored to have you apart. And the good news is, whether a good family or whatever upbringing you have, you can choose your family. You can't choose who you're born to. You can't choose who your mommy or daddy is, what your last name is, or what that earthly situation was growing up. But you can choose who you do life with. You can choose who you're in community with and who you choose to have influence with and surround yourself with. Because Proverbs 18.24 says, and it uses air quotes, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother or a sister, then a bloodly, blood relative, a sibling, all of that. So you can choose who is your new family. And where you choose to plant yourself becomes your home. So when you choose to plant yourself in the house of God, in the church, in the family here, that becomes your new home. And God blesses that. In Psalm 92, 13, it's talking about godly people and comparing them to trees. And it says, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. And so when you choose to become part of a church home, a church family, and choose to stick it out, you know, a little while, let your roots grow down, God blesses that and allow those, allows those roots to get so deep to where you're nourished and you begin to flourish in the house of God. And so that brings us to our first point of you matter. Say it with us. Say, I matter. I matter. If you get nothing else today... That's it. You matter. You need to know that you matter. You may not know that yet. And I have a two and a half year old daughter. Her name is Ava. You've probably seen her running around out front. I'm trying to keep her from running into traffic all the time. Like she likes to grab a cookie and dance. But recently God has asked me to start saying four words over her life that I begin to say to her every day. Um, and she, and I tell her that she is loved. She is valuable. She is beautiful and she is great. And they actually have a little clip here of her. Can I ask you a question? What does mommy say you are? You are great, great, beautiful, beautiful, loved, and loved, and loved, loved and valuable. 
That's my girl. <laughs> and you heard her. She's two years old. She can barely pronounce those words, let alone fully know what they mean. But as she grows older, and I tell you what, she begins to understand what those words mean. She's going to realize that I associate those with her, that her daddy and I associate those with her. And as she begins to understand who God is, she's going to start to realize that God whispers these truths over her life. And she's going to grow in a confidence of knowing who she is and what her identity is found in, that it's found in him. And it got me wondering if we, children of the king, can know that God has those thoughts about us. Our feelings of feeling lost or needing self-assurance or um, feeling empty or our insecurities, those are going to begin to melt away because there's something about when you know that you belong and that you matter, it's just a game changer. It changes everything. So like Kim said, if no one said those to you growing up, if no one has told you that before, God sees you right where you're at. You might be sitting in one of these red chairs trying to just blend in with the crowd, but God sees you. And you are so significant. You matter so much. You matter so much to God and you matter so much to us. And so we needed to lay that framework for you because like Kim said, if you've never made that decision for Christ to, to belong to Christ, to belong to this family, when we begin to tell you that you have a part, that's not going to make any sense to you yet. And that's so okay. That's so great because the first step is just being here and hearing and starting to believe and know that you are significant, that God sees you and that you matter. And so we are going to jump into the word. <laughs> Be excited? <laughs> All right. That's good with y'all. We are going to read a passage from 1 Corinthians um, chapter, chapter 12, and it's Paul talking to the church at Corinth. And we are going to read a whole chapter. This is church. We're going to read a whole chapter, but I promise you, don't get lost. Don't tune out. It's going to be so worth it. And we're reading it from the message translation. That's more of a paraphrase translation. It's not one we use all the time, um, but the way that it breaks down this passage specifically, it really hit our hearts deep. And I know it's going to hit your hearts at a new level too. So that's why we're reading from that translation and they'll have it on the screens. He picks up in verse one. What I want to talk about now is the various ways God's spirit gets worked into your lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. So if it's complex and it's misunderstood, that's worth reading, right? <laughs> but I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Remember how you were when you didn't know God, led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. Because that's what we do when we don't know. Mm -hmm. It's different in this life. And that's when you choose to belong to Christ. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. And we're going to skip down to verse 4. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. And catch this last part of this. Each person, that's you and I, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. So again, it's saying God is doing these incredible things globally all around the world. It's all united in him. All the, his church is on the rise and he's choosing to have us be a part, each of us to be a part. And he doesn't need that. He created the heavens and the earth. He's got this. But yet he's showing us that we matter and he chooses to have each of us involved in that. That's right. It's awesome. 
And just to carry on with the verse and um, just to continue to talk, can talk about that. In the next line, it says, all things, all kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. In this particular piece, it is reminding us that God is an inclusive God. He is so inclusive and he wants us to play our designed part, our specific part in what he wants to do in your life. That means in your work, in, you know, in, in your play activity, in raising your family, in being a part of a family. He wants you to play your specific part. Every single part is so important. And he's reminding us of his inclusiveness and how he truly wants people to find their significance. He wants us to understand that we have a significant part to play in what he wants to do in and through your life and in and through the world. So these are the different gifts that it says that he brings in the next part of the passage. It says, wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, Miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So how that even translates in this day and time and and what we do, because sometimes that can be a little bit confusing. I mean, what in the world does that mean sometimes? And we're not going to go into the depths of all of that. That's a whole nother message and a whole nother class. But Basically, what that means is it means that you can lead somebody. That, that People have been given gifts of leadership. People have been given gifts of being able to counsel some other people, whether it be lay counseling or whether it be professional counseling. It is the gift of hospitality. The first thing I did when I came up here is rearrange the flowers because I'm like, those things are crooked and they may be crooked now. I didn't... They're a little crooked. But anyway, um, Tristan. (laughs) Um, But anyway, there are so many different gifts that God gives the church. And he wants us to use those gifts. So the next part of the verse says, All these gifts have a common origin, but they are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. We don't decide. We don't get to decide what gift we want. We don't get... To decide if we're going to be able to sing pretty or if we're going to be able to decorate something or if we're going to be able to to do food well or to, you know, to be hospitable to people and care for people when they come in. That is God's decision. And if we would just line up with what he wants with our life, the desire to have all those other things, and Lisa's going to talk about this. I mean, it'll it'll drift away if we focus on the gift that he has given us. And so the next part of the verse says that you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts. And I love this because I'm a nurse too by trade. I'm doing a different kind of nursing now in the house of God. (laughs) But I'm bringing people back to life spiritually instead of physically now, which is wonderful. Um, But it says that your body has many parts, limbs, organs and cells but no matter how many parts you can name you're still one body it's exactly the same with christ by means of his one spirit we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives what that means is you know the piece of us that is missing which is jesus the piece of us the gift that he wants to deposit in us 
We no longer have to live that piecemeal life. We can be fully equipped and whole. We can be a whole body and our parts can work together in order to function in the way that he wants us to function. It says, we each used to independently call our own shots. Don't y'all like to call your own shots? Mm. Now, supposed to say no, Eddie. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then we entered into a large and integrated life, an integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. So I don't know what God has deposited in you. I don't know what gift he has given you. I don't know what your special thing is, whether it be prayer or, or, or even if it's related to your current occupation, it possibly is. More than likely, it's possibly related to your past. I don't know. But God knows, and he will show you if you will depend on him to, to, to reveal the gift to you because you are a significant part of what he wants to do in the world. That's right. Hard to sit still when you're talking, so we're just kind of like playing hot potato up here. Yeah, we got to stand up. We got to move. We can't just sit here. (laughs) So now you've heard that you matter to God and you matter to what God is doing in the world. So that brings us to our second point of your part matters. And I think a lot of times we find ourselves quitting before we even get started Mm -hmm. because we have the thought of what can just one person do, especially me especially if you look at like how huge the world is and even like how big our church can be, you just start to feel lost and feel like your part doesn't matter. We have to be so careful in how we think because in that thinking, the enemy tries to render us neutral, defeated, and ineffective, okay? Because what we think and allow ourselves to continue to think becomes what we believe. Then what we believe takes root in our heart and that becomes how we operate, So then we just quit before we even got started, okay? And then you don't even realize that your part matters. So we have to just start with the, quit the stinking thinking, as Pastor Clay says. And even if you think you don't have a part, your part matters, and you do have a part. So we're going to pick up in verse 14 and catch this first verse here. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant not less, because it's counterintuitive, right? To, to be just a part of something instead of the whole thing, and yet that makes you greater than if you were the whole thing. So it's counterintuitive. So he's setting us straight here. And if someone says you're more significant, he's just confirming the fact that you are significant in the first place. So there's your proof in case you didn't believe us. <laughs> and it goes on to say a body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? (laughs) If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Verse 19, but I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are part of. So again, some of us struggle with the thought of what part can I play or even um, just trying to be too passive and say, woe is me, I don't need to do that, I don't need to step in. 
And then there's others of us that struggle with wanting to play too much of a part, trying to think our part is too important or trying to play all the parts. So he's just setting the balance straight here. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. I hope she ain't going to get a monster. I'm done. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> she left me. Here's your visual. <laughs> if you don't play your part. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. So this is what our body would become. This awkward, weird thing that you're not even sure what to do with other than sit your rear end on it and hope it holds you because it's child size. But <laughs> you become just a, a monster. It gets, is the wrong proportion. So this is your visual. Let that stick in your brain of everyone needs to play their part because if you don't step in and play your part, it's also forcing others to have to step in and try to be a gigantic hand. <laughs> All right. So it's twofold. And you don't want to be the gigantic hand. So there's that. That was in my brain. Again, ADD brain. That and that. That's how it sticks in my head. (laughs) So we're going to pick back up. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body, remember he's comparing it to our physical body and the church here. When it's your part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. We give each other dignity and honor without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? And my husband's not here to point out on the front row right now because he doesn't have his wonderful full hair anymore. But he has a great stomach, and I'm always jealous of that. (laughs) Verse 25. Like digestion? Oh. (laughs) What? Sorry. I mean, his abs. I wasn't going there, but thanks. Verse 25, let's get back to the word. (laughs) The way God designed our bodies (laughs) is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. We're dependent on each other. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. Whether your part is visible on stage, very public, or whether you're behind the scenes, no one knows what you do. It matters so much. It's all equally a part. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. So if we rise, we rise together. If we stumble, we stumble together and we pick ourselves up together. We're in it together. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. So closing out this chapter, but it's obvious by now, isn't it? That Christ's church is a complete body and not a gigantic unidimensional part. Blue chair over here, not Kim. It's not all apostle, not all prophet, not all miracle worker, not all healer, not all prayer in tongues, not all interpreter of tongues. And like Kim said, those have different ways like of carrying out today. We could meet with you on specifics about that later. It's too deep to go into all that right now. 
But it says, and yet some of you keep competing for so-called important parts. Mm. Now I'm going to come back to that in a second. And then he closes the chapter with, but now I want to lay out a far better way for you. So if someone closed the chapter like that, you know something big is coming in the next chapter, right? (laughs) But now is not a last sentence of a final thought. (laughs) So we'll come back to that later. But he says, but some of you keep competing for so-called important parts. So I was sitting on my back porch. Again, I have my daughter, Ava, and I can't really think a lot when she's around. She's very busy. So when she went down for a nap a couple weeks ago, I sat out on the back porch with the baby monitor and just wanted to have some quiet time to get my heart around this. So I get out there with my notebook and I sit in the sunshine. And then I hear this squawking, just this squawking. And I'm like, great, this is my luck. You know, anytime you try to get quiet time, then there's just squawking. And so I look to the sky where the sound is coming from, and I see three birds. And what I see going on is that two birds are tirelessly chasing after this one bird that has a fish in its mouth. And this went on for like 10 minutes, and they were just, you know, try, it was trying to dart and outrun them, and the other ones were wasting all their energy trying to chase the bird with a fish in its mouth because they saw that what it had was great. It had provision. It had this fish. What they failed to realize was that that fish was never intended for them. Mm. They could dive down to the pond and get another fish that was just as good or better for them instead of wasting all their energy chasing after it. And God caught my heart in that moment. And I thought, how many times, if we're honest, is that us? We see someone walking in their gifting. We see that it's good. It's attractional. It's great because it is great. But it's not intended for us to copy and chase after tirelessly, waste our energy on exactly what they have. Right? Because God has something huge for you, for you uniquely. He's got something that's just as great or even better just for you. So when you catch yourself, celebrate that the other person is walking in their gifting, but pause and talk to God and say, what is my unique part to play? What role do you have for me to play? So I'm not just trying to like, if you see the worship team up here, they're like walking in their gifting. They're awesome. You might want to grab a connect card and then sign up for the worship team. But again, we're not all gifted at singing. Not at all. I am great at singing. No, you're not. To my daughter. <laughs> when she sleeps, when she's going to sleep, I'm great at that. But I am not great at singing. You know, like it says, but you, and like, here's your first test. If you wanted to do that, audition for the worship team. And they go, but you, and then everyone starts oh. like getting, ah, like real sour. I just say, Pamela, some time. Don't fill out that card. Hit pause. Pray about what your role is. <laughs> but, and some of you might need to be up here. That's awesome. But just a funny take on like, It's not always for you what you see someone else doing that's meant to be attractional and make you want to get in the game and find out what your piece is that you can do just as well or even better. And and that's that's what you're called to because if we're not confident in our purpose too, we're seeking approval from the wrong source, from the wrong people, from the wrong things, chasing feelings, feeling important, when the source that we need to seek approval from is God and God alone. So just keep it all in check with that. And each part matters. Remember, it might not sound important to you. It might not, if God nudges your heart to serve in a certain area, it might not feel great or think like, are you sure that's what we, what you want me to do? But each part matters. And God's going to show you exactly where he wants you. That's exactly right. It's awesome. Thank you. You know, um, what happens when, when the body is healthy versus unhealthy? And that too has to do with your life. We can look at our life. And you can look at all the different things that are happening in your life or even in your body. And sometimes we feel healthy or either we feel unhealthy according to what's going on in our life. 
Well, the church is the same way. You can look at the church and you can see how it is functioning and if it's moving forward and making progress, or you can check and see if, if we're barely keeping up, if we're not unified together, or if we are not in alignment with where the direction that God has set before us. And when we, we can accomplish so much more if we just line up with what God wants us to do for our life and within the context of the church, and we can have such a better and more successful life. And so what happens is when we're unhealthy is we start to limp. We start to limp in life. And that's what the church looks like. The church limps without your part. The church limps and we're just, we're having to pull extra baggage. The other day I was, Clay, I saw Clay and he was like limping. I think his back was hurting him a little bit where I'm like, what are you limping for? And what had happened is he'd been lifting something you know, one of our young bucks here at the church should have been lifting, you know, instead of him with a broke back or whatever. But anyway, I'm like, no, don't limp. Get them boys, get them going, you know. But anyway, the church limps. I want you to get that clear picture without your gift used in the church. The church limps. And another way I want to illustrate it again, since I'm a nurse, is, um, you know, when we're not doing our part or when we're trying to do somebody else's part, just like the scripture says, Anybody remember the game Operation? Don't y'all want to come play? All right, this game is so cheap now, let me tell you. I mean, it doesn't even go anymore. I'm so mad. So anyway, but this is what happens when, when we're a heart, per se. Let me, oh, crud. <laughs> I just threw the heart on the floor or something. Okay, so anyway, we have the heart here. And so I'm going to put, I'm going to try to put the heart where, let's see where I want to put it. I want to put it where the kidney is or the stomach. And so what happens when I do that is you see the light. Can you see the light? Come on, good. It says, uh, 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 because that's the wrong spot. The heart does not go where the stomach goes. And the eye does not go where the hand goes. The hand goes over here. And what happens when we try to when we try to play a part that we're not designed to play is where our life goes and not only that it affects the rest of the body did you see the nose light up first of all the arms hurting cuz i'm trying to put the heart over here and so it's hurting it's like it's like getting electrocuted but also the nose is affected and it like blows up because the part is not being played properly so i know y'all like that game but anyway <laughs> Um, it's a lot cheaper than it used to be, so I hate that. But when a piece is missing, when, or either when a piece is missing in the body, um, we can get by, but what happens is that everybody else has to overcompensate for the part that's missing. And that's why we get so tired in our life, and that's why if we're trying to do all the parts or we're trying to not do our part in somebody else's part, then we, we just get tired and exhausted. But God did not design us to limp. He did not design the church to limp. He designed the church to skip. We need to be skipping along, doing our part, and being happy about what God created us to do. Because when we are doing our part, we are fulfilled in our life, and we can skip through this life and make a tremendous difference for what He wants to do in and through the kingdom. So, awesome. Ooh. All right, and that brings us to our third and final point of your heart matters. Because love is central and key to any house. 
to any family, to any home, and it's no different in the church of God. Remember how I said in chapter 12, he ended on the note of, but now, so here it is, but now I want to lay out a far better way for you. So Paul's getting ready to jump into chapter 13 and lay out the importance of love, how none of this matters, no spiritual gift matters, and nothing is unified without love. Because it's hard to work together, and it can be annoying. If you've ever had to do a group project for work or for school, you know you get to that point, you're like, hi, and you meet everyone, and then you get down to like having to make decisions towards something great, and then you got like the strong-willed person, the like person who doesn't want to do anything, and you're like trying to like work together with people, and it can be hard, and it can be annoying. But once you get moving in that groove, and you find that unifying cause, it's, it makes you more effective by a landslide. You're able to accomplish so much more when you can share the weight and move forward together. And you have to remember, even in the hard times, the flip side of having to carry the weight alone or being alone and vulnerable. And that's actually our threaded kind of staple verse, our ladies' ministry, is Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. You got a 360 view. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So God has created us to do life in community and with each other. But again, Paul's a smart man. He knows that it's not going to come easily. And you've got to have love as the unifying thing between you. And it's God's love. God is love. God has shown us his love in the most incredible way by sending his son. And he shows us and pours love into our lives every day. And we're to show that to each other. And we're supposed to shine it to the world and be attractional. And Paul says in verse 7 of chapter 13, So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. I have absolutely nothing without love. Nothing matters without love. And he leaves us with these final statements on love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. It doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, and it doesn't force itself on others. Remember, it's attractional. It isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. Amen? (laughs) Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't revel when others grovel, so that means you don't celebrate when others are down. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything, puts up with anything, trust God always, always looks for the best, because that can be hard. Never looks back, but it keeps going to the end. Love never dies. That's so good. And I know we've, we've, we've talked a lot and we've read a lot of scripture today, but the word of God is what changes lives. And so I hope you've paid attention, you know, to the scriptures and the words on the screen, because that is what changes lives. If we can focus on what God wants for our life, then we can become better. We can become better together. And so the next verse, Paul leaves us with this for the last verse. And this is the actual um, gift that we gave our mothers here this Mother's Day weekend. And um, this is so this is the verse that we picked out specifically for you, but it is for everyone sitting in this room. Again, if you didn't hear anything else about how to do your life, this is how you do life right here. This is how you do life. It says in verse 13, it says, trust steadily in God. 
hope unswervingly, love extravagantly, and the best of these three is love. You know, everything that you are going to be in this life is already in you. It may be a part of your past. It may be a part of what you do as, as a job or whatever. But, but God has deposited something special in you. He uniquely created you to accomplish so much with your life. And so it, this, this Mother's Day weekend, I want each and every one of you to know that. And I want you to be excited about playing your part and about doing what God wants you to do. And I want each and every one of you to, if, if you have not, if, if you're not serving God, then I want you to know that we have an opportunity for you. We need your part so that we can skip through this life, reach more people and accomplish so much more. So you have a, a connect card in your seat back pocket and you can just look over that. It has on the back of it how to begin your journey. And if you don't know, if you don't know what any of these things mean or you don't know what the gift that God has deposited in you, just write in the little comment section, I need some help with that. <laughs> and we will be glad to, to help you find that gift that God has deposited in you. That is what the church is for. The church is for us to come together and help one another discover the greatness of God and the greatness that he wants to do through and in each of our lives. If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you're probably not understanding exactly what we're talking about here. But what you do need to understand is that once you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the missing link that is in your life. That's the missing link. That's one of the reasons why you can't seem to find significance in your life and you keep searching in all the wrong places. All of us go through so many different things in our life. We go through the good times and we go through the bad times in life. This is the first Mother's Day without my mom. And I know many of you have experienced the same thing. We have lost people in our life. We've lost sons. We've lost daughters. I don't know what you've lost. You may have not been able to have a child. But God knows. And you know what? I stand here today, regardless of the hurt and regardless of what has happened in my life, I am significant. And I still, regardless of what has happened in my life, I have a significant part and I find joy in the gifts and everything that he brings me. And so I want to pray for us today because wherever you are in life, you are significant. Wherever you have been in life, wherever you are, were yesterday, it does not matter to God. He wants to do something in and through you today. So let me pray for us tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in and through our life and our church, God. I pray for each person in here, God, for what you are doing and what you are speaking to their very heart this moment, God. And I pray if there's someone in here who has never accepted you as your personal Lord and Savior, God, I pray that they would understand that your word says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God was has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. You will be salvaged. And God will deposit something in you. So if you want to say that prayer tonight, just pray, God, 
I surrender. I surrender my life. And I'm tired of doing life my own way, God. I want to surrender it to you. And I want to start going into the in the direction that you have for my life. Please forgive me for the misses in life. Please forgive me for not understanding my significance and my significant part that you have created me for. Come into my life, God. Put your Holy Spirit in me, Lord, and help your spirit to lead my life from this point on, God, so that I can understand what my purpose and what my significance is. And for the rest of us, I pray, God, that we would just step into whatever you have for our lives, that we would step into the significant piece. We would step into the significant part. God, we say yes to the call on our life. We say yes to the significant piece of the puzzle that you've created us for, God. We say yes to everything that you want to do in and through our life, God. We say yes tonight. We commit tonight, God, to whatever you would have. We just want your way. We want your way in every situation in and through our life. And so I pray you be with us, that you would help us, God. If we're supposed to fill out one of these connect cards, God, to say that we accepted you as our personal Lord and Savior tonight, then God, help us fill it out. If we're supposed to serve you, God, I pray that each person would grab one of those cards on their seat back pockets, God, and they would commit to serve your house because it is in your house, God, that we find significance. It is in your house that we work together to be able to accomplish the great and mighty, basic and tremendous things that you want us to accomplish in and through this world. And I thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.